0: hello listener and welcome to the 100th episode of the ksc at the movies podcast i just want to say to everyone has been waiting for this one and uh you know asking where it is (laughs) thank you so much for being patient i just wanted to give this a little more sheen a little more polish because this is the 100th episode i'm proud of the show and i wanted to give this the best quality i could so um yeah thank you so much and enjoy the 100th episode what's going on everyone it's Carl Cruz, and you're listening to the kc at the movies podcast 100 episodes thank you so much for tuning in uh wherever you're listening thank you thank you for coming in uh yeah welcome to the 100 episode of the kc at the movies podcast uh taking a while to prepare this one and get it going and figure out really what i want to do for it but um after some uh, curveballs in life and, uh, you know, shit here and here and there, we're finally doing it. We're getting down to it. I've got something very special planned for uh, this episode. It's just going to feel like a normal episode, so just chill. Sit here. Chill. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's going to feel like a normal episode, but um, we're going to do something a little different, and I'll explain what that is in a second, but I just want to say, man, 100 episodes, I <laughs> I cannot believe it. I cannot believe that I've been doing this for, I've sat down and done this 100 times now. Look, if you want to count the outtakes and all the failed ones that I've tried to get going, uh, look, more than 100 really. Um, But for real, uh, the ones that are really uploaded and out there, 100 episodes, it feels like it's been ages. It really feels like it's been ages because of like all the breaks and the unplanned hiatuses that I've had and um, just all of, I guess, the mental health breaks <laughs> that I've had uh, from all this. I've, I've uh, really come, um, it really feels like we've come a long way since when I first started in late 2016, uh, this thing started uh I had a very poor microphone back then like a green and yellow one off brand which you know I, I uh, got for my 21st birthday I believe um of my parents and so so thanks guys for that that was uh you know a great starting point to get this going when I really wanted to um start doing this and um that was a really cool um, uh stepping off point um you know going from that to I remember when I had to borrow my friend Bailey's uh Blue Yeti microphone because he said that it was a much better, much better quality, and then you know obviously it was it's a fucking Blue Yeti microphone, so it was uh much better. And uh, I remember when it like I had that for a few episodes, I'm pretty sure, and you can really tell with the with the quality, you're like okay that this motherfucker's using a different microphone. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I had to give that back and then switch back to the blue, uh, the green and yellow one, um, and then upgrading to this uh, stadium one I have here. Um, all the many upgrades that I've gone through uh, throughout the years. I've changed, you know, I've changed laptops as well. I mean, even this one's getting old at the moment now. But um, you know, I've changed that. Just the whole setup has changed. Um, going through different audio programs, different editing um, programs. Uh, going for different audio programs, figuring how to sound mix. Um, look. Gonna be honest, still not there in some aspects, um, but still, you know, working this out. It really feels like the first 100 episodes were a bit of a trial run, and now we can really kick into gear here uh, for this new season. This show has gone through so much, so many iterations because of of how of, of of how I've wanted to figure out how I wanted to do this show. I mean, I remember this show was done on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, during when I was uh, attending film school from the 2016 to 2018, um, it's taken over... uh, And then I had the other... Do you guys remember when I had the half a segment for this thing? When I would talk about just live for like half an hour and, you know, really thinking people gave a shit about that? Uh, So, (laughs) you know, it it was a bit of fun, but I remember like scrapping that like after like a couple of months because I was just like, that's not really what I think this is about. So it's taken over five years to really find a focus with the podcast and now I I finally feel confident with it. Finding my own voice has been, uh, like, you know, very tricky. It's been a windy road to really nail down what the core element of this thing is. I mean, to be honest, it, even as of like a couple of weeks ago, still was trying to figure out, like, okay, what are we going to do with this new season? What are we going to do with the next 100 episodes? What is this thing? What is the, the focus of this thing really going to be about? Um, so, if you've, been with me from the 2016 from the soundcloud days uh thank you so much and 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 still listening uh to this point what i what i came to figure out was you know it's just talking about movies that is the core element of this thing is just talking about movies um the software have changed again like i said the the focus of the thing of this thing has has changed i have changed as a person uh, I feel like I'm a much different person than I was in 2016. Uh, I really had to be start becoming better with managing my time and splitting my attention between things. Uh, to be honest, like, I, you know, I'm still struggling with this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely still struggling with that. And, you know, I'll be transparent with you guys like I always have been. I haven't been the most consistent with this thing and... Um, you know, it sucks that I've I've had to every now and then hadn't, haven't had that spark and haven't gone to sit down at the computer and um, because I, I tell you, there is many, many times where I've gone to sit down at this desk and wanted to get this done and have enjoyment in doing this, but then, you know, it ended in me having a bit of a breakdown or me just not being satisfied with what the result was and still, you know, to this day, um, it is like still the hardest part of doing this, like actually sitting down and doing it. It shouldn't be that hard, I know, but it does get quite on your nerves sometimes when the things don't really turn out like you really wanted them to. Uh, but look, I was going for the back catalog, listening to the previous episodes and noticing all the little changes that like I had, had been through, like I started to realize despite consistency, all the time and effort I've put into this and how much... I love doing this. Like I mentioned before, it is it is still quite it still gets quite hard to sit down and actually do it. But I fucking love doing this and when I'm in the mood, I really want to, you know, get going. Um so I really want to go into this next season with much more drive and passion and you know hopefully a little less trauma uh in in my life and uh you know fucking curveballs that we've been through. So like I said to you all, I just wanna I just wanna raise a glass, raise a metaphorical glass to you guys. Who have been listening since twenty sixteen, since when, when this started on SoundCloud? Yeah, you are the day one fans, the A one fans. And look, if, you've, if maybe if you just started recently, or you know, the last twenty episodes, or the last fifteen episodes, or even five episodes, fuck it, even the last episode, even this episode, <laughs> welcome. By the way, uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my film loving heart. And if if you are out there. And you've put your precious time, your hour, your half hour, your forty-five, your your two hours, sometimes even three hours, um, into listening just some Australian bloke in his mid twenties talk on and on and about moving pitches with sound forever. Those that amount of time that I had talked about. Look, man, that that really just means so much to me that you've done that. Uh I thank you once again for listening. Uh, At the end of the day, I don't do this for the likes and ratings and the downloads. As much as that does help and that does um, make me happy, I started doing this because I fucking love movies, man. And I fucking love talking about them and helping people find more movies to watch and then discussing with them about that very movie. Look, it's simply just a cycle of passion and community. And... um, that's the best part about this that is really the best part about this It's to, to talk to you guys look I'm talking into a void but I, I want I just want to hope that I'm you know reaching people and um, people will find their recommendations and then watching really fucking good movies um sometimes you know talking about the bad ones is is fun too but really just finding um, you know the hidden gems out there the diamonds in the rough the um, and they're just talking about just in like I said and just talking about like I said in general. Fucking good movies. Good food. <laughs> okay, now that little retrospective is over. Let's do what this show is built for. Let's talk about movies. Uh, for this milestone, I thought it'd be interesting to take a look at my top 10s of the years since I started doing this. So, uh, that means looking at my top 10 movies from the years 2016 to 2021 as, as the last year. And to see if I still like their places, maybe perhaps talk about how I feel about them now because opinions change over time, ratings change over time. Definitely these placements would have changed over time. And I guarantee you some of these would would have definitely changed. But that's the fun of it. That's the fun to look at these and and really discuss them. Now, before we start, I did want to do a video podcast for this one uh, to make it special. But... um, I just haven't figured out all the other um, you know, the lighting that I wanted to do for it yet and um, all the programs that I wanted to use. And because it really would just be me like in a camera window looking at the letterbox list. So hopefully you do get a picture about what I'm talking about because I'm literally just going to be looking at my letterbox lists that I've done for these years. One of them is an Instagram because the other one, I mean, the 2017 one is just a fucking mess. So I've had to. So I've had to go on Instagram to find that one, but you know, nevertheless, it's here. Um, then I thought after we do all that, after we I thought we take a trip down memory lane, I thought it'll be fun to give you guys a preview at my current top ten of uh this year of 2022. Because I've seen some stuff. Uh, I know in the last few months I haven't really seen much stuff have been because of the aforementioned life shit and curveballs and and fucking uh busyness and you know, all that stuff. Um, but I do have a top 10 and uh, a current top 10. And it'd be fun to give you guys a little bit of a preview of that. Uh, so, for uh, without further ado, let's take a look at my 2016 top 10. This is very interesting. <laughs> um, okay, number 10 is Everybody Wants Some. Uh, Richard Linklater's spiritual sequel to Days are Confused. Uh, We have Zootopia at number nine. We have Sing Street at number eight. Uh, Nocturnal Animals at number seven. The Nice Guys at number six. I already know that film should be higher. Um, The Lobster at number five. Green Room at number four. Deadpool at number three, which again, that's fucking, that's funny. Um, Arrival at number two and La La Land at number one okay some amendments for this one first uh the nice guys is my number two Uh, that's that that'll just be the number two um i la la land is still one of my favorite movies so la la land is probably going to stay at the top there but i've rewatched nice guys so many times um that i can count on both both hands both hands and feet and uh yeah, that's probably going to be a number two. As much as as much as I did like Arrival and and loved all those themes and uh Vilnius film make filmmaking, The Nice Guys is my number two. It's 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 fucking it's it's my number two. <laughs> it's there's like there's no competition there in terms of that. And Arrival would be the number three. Deadpool. I don't know why that's number three. That should be at least down and near the ten because I've seen Sing Street more than that. Enjoyed Sing Street more than Deadpool. Uh, the same goes with green room as well. The lobster is fucking amazing. I don't know that should be higher as well. So there's already different changes to this one. Zootopia. I've also I've also seen recently as well, and I really 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 enjoyed that. Especially its um uh, its themes and um all those underlying messages that it has throughout it. Um, really really appreciate that, and really well animated too. Um, the only thing I don't care about. Uh, the only thing I don't care for is like the dance sequences, the song dance sequences. I've never cared for those anyway. So um, that's the only one I don't care for, but I really like the characters in Zootopia. Um, Sing Street is amazing. Uh, the soundtrack is incredible. Yeah, that that is higher than Nocturnal Animals because Nocturnal Animals I've only seen one more time and that's still a good film and a great performance from Alan Tyler Johnson, Michael Shannon, Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, he's in it. Um, not as good as those two, but Sing Street would probably be higher than that. Um, But La La Land definitely is number one. What a strange year, 2016. What a strange year. I'd probably keep it at that. La La Land, nice guys. Then I'd probably go Arrival, maybe Sing Street after that. I mean, Deadpool, look, it's, it was fun. I think it was because of the, you know, me just being like kind of blown away by that. Deadpool is like, is one of my favorite characters in Marvel. So... Um, and, and I actually like the second one a bit more, I think, than the first one. So, um, there's that. Um, but yeah, I really don't think that would be my top five anymore. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's interesting. It's so interesting to look at this list and see my thoughts. Like even at the end of the year, I was like, yeah, this is, this is right. This is how I feel about this. Um, yeah, no a lot of, a lot of this has changed. A lot of this has changed. Um, all right, let's move on to the 2017, uh, list. Do I have a, do I have a top 10? Oh no, it's on my phone. That's right. Hang on. Number 10 is, is a film that should not be number 10. It, it should be all the way at the top. Really? Uh, Blade run in 2049. Um, yeah, that, that, that should be le- that should be probably number 2 <laughs> that should be number 2 i think um i went in, i saw that three times as well that year three times as well and i still was like yeah number 10 that's 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 uh, detroit's better than that Catherine bigelow's film detroit that's better than that um speaking of detroit that's number 9 um look i'd probably put detroit at number 10 if i'm talking like honestly here um yeah uh number 8 is killing the sacred deer Number seven is A Disaster Artist. Number six is Get Out. Number five is Logan. Number four is Brigsby Bear. Number three is The Big Sick. Number two is Baby Driver. And number one is A Ghost Story. Again, with this list, number one is going to stay the same. A Ghost Story is one of my favorite films of all time. I now even have a tattoo dedicated to it. Um, So that is, you know, one of the most impactful films of my life is A Ghost Story. So um, that's definitely going to be still at number one. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, that'll take the second spot. That, that will probably take the second spot. Three, I'm going to say Get Out for three, and I'll probably put Logan at four. And yeah, I'll keep Brigsy Bear, because Brigsy Bear as well is just a great movie. I'll keep that at number five. I will put Disaster Artist probably lower, and then I'll, I'll probably put both Detroit and Killing of a Sacred Deer above the Disaster Artist. I think looking in in you know looking back in retrospect I think that it, those of those films were better than Disaster Riders. Disaster is funny. It is a funny movie. But I really like The Killing of a Sacred Deer. That is actually my favorite uh Yorgos Lanthimos film. So um you know a lot of people love Dogtooth. A lot of people love um uh, what was it fucking The Favourite, <laughs> you know? Um a lot of people love The Lobster, like we just talked about The Lobster in 2016. Uh, the Killing of Sacred Deer is actually my favorite of his. Um, I remember watching that uh at the Ritz Ranwick and just being so shocked by that final scene when that that thing actually happens, and I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen the film. The whole cinema was like, What the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, like he's actually doing this. Um yeah. That was that was crazy. Um and I just I, I get I know a lot of people saying it was like it kind of loses some of the humour that you know The Favourite has and uh, ha- uh, The Lobster has and you know look still both of those films are still great films but I still think in my personal opinion that The Killing for a Sacred Deer um, would still probably be my favourite really looking forward to his next one and I think it's going to have Emma Stone in it as well um, I like this short too Mimic I thought Mimic was good the short was good um yeah yeah uh so yeah that would be my amendments to my 2017 list um looking at my instagram as uh as well the the format of this list is just ridiculous because i think i did this list in a Snapseed app and the 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 format is just fucking ridiculous like there's different font sizes i obviously didn't really plan that out too much um I mean, obviously, I, I did really, uh, I did really think of like, you know, what films would be there. But um, yeah, I'm just looking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm a stickler about like format and fonts now. And looking at this, it's, it's really given me a headache. <laughs> really giving me a headache. Um, anyway, that was my 2017 list. Let's move on to 2018. Let's, let's open that door uh 2018 is looking a lot more different. Um some really good films in here too. Shit. Uh number 10 is uh Lynn Ramsey's You'll Never Really Hear. Number 9 is Game Night. Number 8 is A Quiet Place. Uh number 7 is Revenge. Number 6 is Love Simon. Number 5 is First Man. Number 4 Hello Yorgos. Uh the favorite Number three is annihilation. Number two is first reformed, and number one is Star is born, the Bradley Cooper directed film. Uh, the Star is born, with Lady Gaga. Wow, I don't know what I'd change here. This is I mean, I, I, these these ones are all really great. Was twenty or was it twenty sixteen or twenty eighteen? Was the year um, that the Handmaid's came out? I think it's because I, I didn't really watch it. Um, I didn't watch it when it uh, when that uh, first came out. So, because if I did watch it in, in one of these years, you'd fucking know that movie would be in the top 10. Um, especially my love for a park chain walk um, nowadays. So, yeah, I, I really don't think I'd change much here. I think I put Game Night higher. I've seen Game Night so many times and appreciate everything about that film. Um, the performances, the screenplay, the directing, the fucking score by Cliff Martinez, the transitions, the editing, everything about it. It's just really top-tier filmmaking for a fucking comedy. Um, and you really don't get that nowadays, like, the effort being put into it like this. And especially, not, not on just talking about, like, you know, writing a good script, but, like, really thinking about all the elements of filmmaking and what Game Night does and how much it sticks to its premise and, and like... Does so much creative and imaginative things with that premise, and and you know, as a lover of board games, I I have to put this film higher, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably put that in my, I probably put that in the top five uh, favorite. I would probably put in front of Annihilation actually. Um, I still love Annihilation. I still love Alice Garland. Men was fucking crazy, by the way. Um, but. Annihilation probably would be would still be my favourite of his I do like X Machina but I have a, I fucking love Annihilation and how much that creeped me out still creeps me out to this day um First Man I really remember really enjoying the sound design of that one I think I remember ba- battering on about that uh bat- battering Banger, banging on about that sound design um cause that was really good and the, you know the performances from uh from Ryan Gosling um and um oh what's his name um Jason Clark. Jason Clark. yeah um yeah performances from them Claire Foy Kyle Chandler as well um great performances and you know another Damien Chazelle film in a, in a top 10 and maybe Babylon will maybe in my top 2023 who knows is that film was supposed to be coming out in 2022 but I, I, I assume in Australia it's going to come out in 2023 so it'll have to be my 2023 list um yeah. So weird for him to go from um from La La Land to First Man. And now it feels like Babylon is kind of it it feels like Babylon should have been the next film after La La Land instead of First Man. Um but yeah, going from First Man and then now we're going into um to Babylon now. Um yeah, it feels like Babylon should be like I said, you know, the next step here, but First Man kind of like is like a um I'm not a place, don't, don't say that, but, um, I don't know, just a weird like stepping stone to Babylon, since they're kind of, s- Babylon and La Land just seem like similar films, Babylon looks a bit more debaucherous, but, um, yeah, anyway, this is the fucking observation I had, um, I still really love, Love, Simon, I haven't seen Love, Victor, um, I heard the show's good, I still love, Love, Simon, I really liked that movie a lot, um, Revenge is fucking great, I've seen that, about three more times I think since and that's still really good I still really love A Quiet Place I still I like part two as well yeah I don't know not much to change here except the game night placement and I want to watch You'll Never Really Here again because I loved, uh Joaquin Phoenix's performance in that movie I love the filmmaking in that movie and how much the film shies away from the you know it does less with more in terms of the violence um, sorry it does more with less my bad uh, there's more of less in terms of the violence, in terms of how the violence is portrayed in film and on film. Uh, I think, yeah, I I love that aspect about you were never really here, and you know the soundtrack by Johnny Greenwood, man. Chef's kiss, chef's fucking kiss. You, tell you what though, you can't put that soundtrack on while you're like you know doing the dishes or something like that. That's that's like that Phantom Thread. You put you put Phantom Thread on while you're doing the dishes or having a good bath or something like that. People think you're fucking insane when you put on the uh the soundtrack you would never really hear the the, the strings heavy soundtrack uh from Johnny greenwood if you would never really hear uh <laughs> uh yeah, so you know don't do that in public people people think you're gonna kill someone um just a little heads up star is born i still really like i still really like a star is born I still listen to the songs every now and then. I really liked Bradley Cooper's direction, that movie, Sam uh, Elliott's performance. Yeah, I still really liked Star is Born. I, I don't think I've really changed, changed my, I uh, don't think I've really changed this list, to be honest, in terms of, you know, other than the game, night, like I said. First Reformed is really good. Um, I just need to watch it again, I think. I've only seen it the once, so I've been going to do really watch it again. I'm um, looking forward to Paul Schrader's next film, uh, The Gardener, I believe it's called, with uh, um, Joel Edgerton. So, yeah, no, not really much to change here. As a, as a final statement here, not really much to change. Not really much to change. I think I'll keep it as that. I'll keep it as that. 2019. Now, this, as we go further on for the years, I think I would be more concrete in how I felt about the placement of these movies. However, again, looking at this one, I would probably put, I'd probably change a few things, honestly. Um, but my God, 2019, man. What a fucking great year for movies. Oh, my God. This is nuts. How the fuck did I rank these? <laughs> um, Number 10 is Booksmart. Number 9 is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number 8 is Uncut Gems. Number 7 is Jojo Rabbit. Number 6 is The Farewell. Number 5 is Parasite. Number 3, sorry, number 4, skipped the number there, is Marriage Story. Uh, number three is the lighthouse. Number two is a portrait of a lady on fire, and number one is Midsummer or Midsummer if you want to say it like that. Um, Midsummer still is number one. I'd probably keep Portrait of Lady on Fire at number two. Yep, I keep the lighthouse number three. Even though I fucking love Parasite and love it again on a rewatch, I still fucking love the lighthouse, man. Seen that five or six times now, and it just gets better every time. Um if I'm going to be honest, I would probably switch Marriage Story and Parasite around. I'm probably Parasite number 4 and Marriage Story would probably be a number 5. I would move Once Upon a Time of Hollywood all the way up to 6. So going from the ninth spot to the sixth spot, I'd put Once Upon a Time of Hollywood up to the number 6 spot because again, I've seen that's another movie I've seen about 6 or 7 times and that movie's like almost 3 hours long, but it is also like one of my favorite Tarantinos now. Um, I just, I it's so good on a rewatch, man. I, I it, It's just so easy to sit down and watch that movie. So even though it, it has a very, very long runtime, it's so easy to sit down and watch. Um, I think it's Brad Pitt, you know, I think it's his fucking great performance in that movie. Um, but I just love how, I love how it's filmed. Um, Uncut Gems in front of Jojo Rabbit. Let's just say that right now. Um, so yeah, Uncut is in front of JoJo Rabbit. And I, I yeah, to keep the farewell in front of JoJo Rabbit. Love the farewell. Really love the farewell. And yeah, Booksman Number Ten. I'm happy with that. I'm happy having Booksman number ten. Love that movie. Really, really great uh comedy. And a great summary so of age to it. Just a great film in general. Just a great film in general. I have not yet seen Don't Worry Darling. Looking forward to seeing it. Heard some mixed things. In, excited to see what i what I uh, what I will think of this movie um but i know i loved the books smart, especially the performance from Caitlin deaver and bennie Feldstein. duo of the year am i right um you know next to you know right next to you know Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio from um once upon a time hollywood and again next to Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson for the lighthouse my favorite couple <laughs> of the year um not much to change here uh what an excellent year for film this was 2019 fucking bangers all the time bangers all the time as uh candle roy would say all right let's move on to the 2020 i remember it took me a while to come out with this one um to really get it together and actually um like think about where i'm going to put certain things um but yeah odd odd movie, another good year for film, um you know, another good year for film, but hard to do, I think, hard to hard to play stuff uh number ten is Cajillionaire um I remember really liking this one actually, really liking it, um directed by Miranda July um was this such a troll debut? I'm not too sure was this such a troll debut? No, definitely not. (laughs) Or was it maybe her feature? Her first feature? That's 91. No, that's 91 minutes. Me and you and everyone we know. Okay. I'll have to watch that one. I'll have to watch that one, I think. Um, But yeah, I remember uh, Evan Rachel Wood, great performance from that movie, and uh, Jenna Rodriguez, who I'm not normally a fan of, but um, I thought she was really good in here. And I thought they were both really good. And Randall Joi's directing and her filmmaking in this one was just fucking top-notch. Um, so yeah, probably keep that at number ten. Um, yeah, what's going on here? I uh, probably keep that at number ten. My number nine is uh, Small Axe, Lover's Rock. Uh, number eight is Wolf Walkers. My number seven, seven. Lost track of time there. Fuck. Uh, my number seven is Big Time Adolescence. My number six is Sound of Metal. My number five is Another Round. My number four is Never Really, Sometimes, Always. My number three is Shit House. My number two is I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And my number one is Promising Young Woman. Uh, right off the bat, again, I probably push Big Time Adolescence all the way to the probably the third spot. Um, I've seen that movie so many fucking times and I love it. I love that movie, man. Pete Davidson is legitimately good in that movie. Haters are going to hate, man, but he he is legitimately good in that movie. Um, uh, I really like The Sound of Metal, but I, again, I'd put... Uh, yeah, I'd probably keep that in that spot, but yeah, yeah Big Time of the Lessons um, ahead of that. I would probably put another round in front of Neverlo Sometimes Always, even though that film is incredibly important and so much more important nowadays as well. I think that is the film. If you want to watch something, um, you know, uh, related to um, the current debate on abortion, never really, sometimes always just fucking, Eliza Hitman fucking nails it in that movie. And the performances are just amazing. Um, Very real film. I really, I think I want to do that for a movie night one, but is it going to be too sad? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) People are are, uh, upset about the sad ones. Um, Shithouse, yeah, still number three, definitely but i probably put, sh- put Shithouse in front of I'm Thinking of Ending Things because I've only seen that twice and the second time was a bit more hard to watch for me even though I really loved the book um, and I love Charlie Kaufman the second time, for some reason was a little boring at times even though I loved everything about it the first time on a rewatch, I think it's just a little tougher so I'm going to say Shithouse in front of that uh, another round in front of... Another round in front of Never Valley Sometimes, Always. And I'd probably keep Promise Young Woman at the top. I remember that film just, just like blowing me away. And we had a really fun movie night for that one last year as well. Um, yeah, absolutely blowing me away that one. Um, l- still love the ending. Still have us satisfied. I don't care if it's melodramatic or over the top. It's fucking great, that ending. Um, I'm going to be dying on that hill, I think. Yeah, so that, that's probably my 2020. I'd probably keep it at that. Yeah, I'd recommend you watch out of these ones Another Round, obviously. I just talked about Never Really, Sometimes, Always. Um, Sound of Metal, if you haven't seen that, is really good. And um, Wolfwalkers, check that out as well. Uh, I believe you can now get the Small Axe uh, films from Steve McQueen on DVD or Blu-ray in Australia. So if you do see that at high flyer or, you know, whatever you get your, your movies or anything, Pick it up. I think it's a great collection of films. It's a Small Axe films. And um, Love Love is Rock definitely would be my favourite. That party scene. It especially captures what it's like to be at a house party. And finally, we're looking at my last year um, of film. Uh, We're looking at last year. Um, And I do have that list right now. Let's get that up. So my number 10 was Language Lessons. Uh, My number 9 was Red Rocket. My number eight was Spider-Man No Way Home. My number seven was Dune. My number six was Titan or Titan. My number five is Spencer. My number four is Drive My Car. My number three is Come On, Come On. My number two is The Worst Person in the World. And my number one was Licorice Pizza. Uh, Yeah, still, I'd probably still keep this list the same, to be honest. It's still fresh in my mind. Um... You've got to watch The Worst Person in the World. They just came out on Criterion as well. You've got to watch that movie. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Come on, come on. Again, great. I mean, all these movies are fucking great. What am I I saying? (laughs) All those movies are great. Um, We just found out that Dune Part 2 is getting pushed up, I think, two weeks. So that'll be coming out in November uh, next year. And I will definitely read the book, okay? I will read the book... Before I watch part two, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I will definitely read the book before part two. I wanted to do it before part one, but I just, I just never got around to it. But I will definitely read the book before uh, part two comes out next year. Yeah, Red Rocket number nine, Language Lessons, um, Language Lessons. I just want to quickly shout that one out because that one, that one had one of my favorite endings of last year. Even though that movie takes entirely, uh, takes place, um, takes place rather entirely on Zoom. Um, has one of my favorite endings of last year. Um, Just so wholesome and beautiful. And um, especially if you're rooting for the characters, um, really, really nice. Really, really nice ending. So I would shout that out. If you find that anywhere on your streaming services or anywhere like that, give that movie a go. Um, um, And I think for a debut for Natalie Morales, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So yeah, those are my lists over the, the past five or so years uh, doing this podcast and um, definitely a lot of different opinions. Definitely some things have changed. Yeah, I definitely feel a lot differently about uh, certain things. Some, th- some things are the same. Like I said, as, as soon as we, as we got closer to this year, things didn't really change that much because I'm this still kind of fresh in my mind. Even if I, I'm probably even doing rewatches as well. I mean, I've seen Licorice Pizza three times. I've seen Worst Person in the World. I think now three or four times, I think three times. Um, Drive my car, I want to do a rewatch again because I fucking loved that movie. Um, But it's three hours long. And right now, at the moment, it's hard to get that in even though I'm trying to get Blonde in, trying to watch Blonde. um, It's hard to like slot in a three-hour film, Um, especially within this new job I picked up. So let's do it. You're here, you're ready for it. My top 10 of 2022 so far. Uh, my 10 is Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Cooper Ray's follow-up to uh, my 2019 list film, Shithouse. Now, I prefer Shithouse to Cha-Cha Real Smooth, but I still think Cha-Cha Real Smooth is an excellent follow-up and a more mature movie from Cooper Rafe, And it just made sense to make something like that. But also, there were some unexpected things that I didn't... Uh, that I didn't... Yeah, that I didn't expect... <laughs> Uh, would be in the film and I really liked it and okay he likes to cry okay he likes to cry and I like it Um, I also like to cry on occasion you know Um, number nine Emily the Criminal I love Orby Plaza Um, I love Orby Plaza and but I also think she's just fantastic in this movie and the filmmaking as well Um, really really well done really stood out to me Tight, tight thriller. Loved it. Um, my number eight, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, one of my favorite horrors of the year. Resurrection, another one of my favorite horrors of the year. And an excellent, excellent tour de force performance from Rebecca Hall. Um, that monologue, man. Heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking monologue. My number... What is this? My number of fucking... My number six is... The blockbuster event of the year, Top Gun Maverick is my number six. Can't wait to rewatch that one. Um, Boy, howdy did that sound fucking great on on Dolby Atmos speakers and a huge screen. It was one of my, my, probably my favorite cinema experience this year was Top Gun Maverick. So far, you know, so far. Uh, My number six is actually, um, my number five actually is X. um, And I'm really looking forward to seeing Pearl. Sadly, we did not get that in Australia. I believe some people went to some preview screenings and stuff like that, some press screenings. But sadly, generally uh, general audiences never got to see um Pearl. So I'll have to wait for the video on demand for that one. Um number four is the Batman. Um loved everything about it. Matt Reeves directing, Robert Pattinson's performance, fucking um Craig Fraser's cinematography. Michael Giacuno's score, but I mean, I can go on and on and on. I've seen that now, I think that's, I've seen that three times and it gets better every single fucking time, man. Every single time. Probably my favorite Batman movie. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. Probably my favorite Batman movie. Live action one, Batman movie. Uh, my number three, now my top three here, is a little difficult. It's a little difficult um, because I've seen... Two of these movies twice. Well, I've seen Nope three times now. Um and I'm actually no, I've seen everything fuck. I've seen this multiple times except one of them. Um Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. These are not in order any um, by the way. Because it's it's hard to nail this one down. Nail *There's* ones, it's really hard to nail those ones down. So my number three Um is everything, everywhere, all at once which was the only movie I've gone on this year to actually go on Instagram and recommend just everyone to go see because it's just fucking fantastic filmmaking and what I aspire to do. Um, I only believe that the Daniels could have made that movie and that's what makes it so special, I think. Um, Decision to Leave is my number two and my number one is Nope. Um, again, not on any audio, but that's just how I've like put it up there it's really that top 3 like is just it's just a constant fight between those three at the moment um everything everywhere decision to leave and nope um i have to rewatch nope again even though i've seen nope 3 times now No, i mean i I've actually I've, seen, I've actually said nope twice actually i want to see nope a third time just to really figure out where that's going to sit i've seen everything everywhere i think now 3 times i haven't logged the third time on letterboxd but i've seen that now 3 times decision to leave um have also I'm, no, I've only sent the decision to leave once but it already was like this is one of the best movies this is one of the fucking best movies of the year one of the best looking movies of the year best acting movies of the year Park chang walk, my fucking man so that is my current top 10 of 2022 um, let me know what yours is uh, reach out to the Instagram the KC movies podcast Instagram reach out to the Facebook page wherever you are let me know what you're thinking uh are your top 10 movies of the year i also want to give out a, a few shout outs actually of um some films that i think are really good that you should check out um i want to shout out fresh first of all i talked about this on my on the TikTok that one TikTok that i've done this year uh fresh after gang um i want to shout out emergency on amazon prime i thought that was a really good movie Um, nude Tuesday is a very unique watch. I actually went to see that in a cinema with a friend of mine in the complete nude and stark nude. Um, what a great experience that was. Uh, watcher. I liked the prey movie. I thought that was good. I liked the black phone and, um, dual funny pages is one of the funniest movies I've seen this year. One of the most awkward cringiest movies I've seen this year is I love my dad. Um, but that is um, fant- like great movie, great movie. Um, the most fun I've had this year is during Men with uh, <laughs> one of my close friends. Uh, we had a uh, just a great night watching that one, <laughs> and and uh, you know, a few, assisted by a few drinks. You know, assisted by a few drinks, but really uh, had a great time with that one. Um, not sure how that's going to go on a sober rewatch, but you know, we'll see. Um, and I also want to shout out not for. Um, not for the entertainment aspect or not sort of like be like oh you should check this out it's it's awesome it's crazy um, oh you should check this out like you'll really love this it's really hard to recommend this next one to people because it's just so fucking like miserable and mean spirited but really really good in my opinion is Speak No Evil Um, my god I had a hard time with that one um, but I still think it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Um, just 70 minutes of awkward tension and then just fucking 20 minutes of gut-wrenching horror and terror and the worst shit I've seen this year on screen. My God, fucking Christ. <laughs> that is a That was a rough watch. That was a rough watch, but a good one. Good one. Um, so yeah, that, that is my top 10. And yeah, check out those movies that I mentioned as well if you, if, if you feel like any of those movies are up your alley. Um, I also want to give, just a final shout out. I, I miss this one, but I did talk about this one in my January, February, March wrap on YouTube. Pleasure. Uh, Ninja Thieberg's film Pleasure. Um, I thought that was a really good movie. Another really uncomfortable watch. So if you're not good with that, what is in them? Maybe when you read up about it. If you're not comfortable with any of that, you're not going to have a good time, I don't think, but I thought that that was a really great character study and a, just a, like, I thought it was just a really well directed, confidently directed film, um, from Ninja Thyberg. And, you know, a great, a great, uh, first performance from, uh, Sophia Cappell, I believe her name was, let's get this just up here. Yep. It's Sophia Cappell. Yeah. Great performance from her. Um, I remember when that was originally going to go to A24 when it played at Sundance 2021, I believe it played at. Um, And then uh, Neon actually, my, you know, I think Neon is coming for that A24 crown at the moment, you know, like they're making some fucking great movies. Um, I would not be surprised if Neon starts making merch, to be honest. Uh, But yeah, Neon picked up uh, Pleasure and we got that for the Sydney Film Festival, I think, uh... Was it this year or last year? There was, there was like a online screening, I think, of it last year. Um, but I recorded it in January of this year. Um, so if you see Pleasure somewhere, and if you think it's up your alley, think you can handle it. any I uh, think it'll ha- handle the content inside it. Um, I know I had trouble with that one scene with the group. I'm not going to say anything more there. I still really like the film overall. Um, right. I first want to talk about... Um, I'm going to I'm gonna do a new kind of segment here and um, just talk about, you know, what I've been watching recently. Um, what I have seen, what I liked, what I uh, would recommend to you. This is going to be like a new segment, I think, going into this new season. I'm going to tack this on to like the end of the episode because, again, I, I, like I said, uh, the main focus was to give people recommendations, to get people to check out these different movies and TV shows. Um, so I'm going to do that just right now um I want to start with some shows um I really like the resort um I had to watch that one on the stand but I believe that was a peacock show in uh if you're watching in North America uh I like the resort um I am really liking the patient at the moment on uh, I'm watching a Disney plus but that's an FX slash Hulu show I just wish it was a, the episodes are a little longer because I feel feel like we get into the characters especially Alan and um and Sorry, um, especially Alan, these last few episodes. Um, but uh, and then it just cuts away. And then you have to, like, it does, does a whole like cl- TV cliche of, like, mm, find out what happens next week. And then, you know, we'll we really finish this season, man. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we just had the eighth episode. There's only two episodes left. So, um, yeah, um, I, that was my one gripe with that show. And everything about it is good. The filmmaking, the writing, the, the performance from uh, Steve Carell and... Uh, um, Donald Gleeson great stuff love the dynamic between them two but I just wish it was a little longer I think 20 minute 20 minute episodes I think are really uh, butchering its potential in my opinion uh, I want to shout out Better Call Saul I, I watched the entire series I got up to the I think we had five episodes to go in that last season so I got to watch the five episodes the last five with everyone else and it was a fucking great time one of the best finales to a TV show ever I think um, wow, what a satisfying experience that was. Fantastic. Um, I cannot recommend Better Call Saul enough to people, especially people who love Breaking Bad. Uh, it's a spin off, yes, but holy fucking shit. I'm in that camp of like, this is as good as Breaking Bad. This is as good as Breaking Bad. Look, I, n- I think I need to wait, rewatch Breaking Bad again, but I think Better Call Saul is just as good as Breaking Bad. The, the filmmaking, especially, I think is better. Um, a lot more visual storytelling and i think vince gets to play a lot more in terms of you know breaking bad had a good look to it but it really looked like it came from that era whereas better call saw has this kind of modern machine to it and it allows vince gilligan to play more of his filmmaking tool belt and um and peter gould as well uh yeah i i yeah i i fucking love better call saw i fucking love better call saw man um atlanta Season three, I'm i I'm a fighter for season three. I really like season three. Season four so far is fantastic. It's so good to have everyone back at Atlanta. Um, I'm really sad to see when this show is going to end. I don't want it to end. I don't want this show to end. This is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, I love it. I love Atlanta. I'm re-watching End Moment as well with a um, friend of mine. And uh, it's so funny going back and, and seeing his reaction to these certain certain episodes, especially episode eight of season one, uh, Ban. That's one of my favorite episodes of the show. So it was so fun to watch his reaction to that. Um, and then going, you know, watching that, I mean, we're on season two at the moment in that rewatch and then going back um, and then, you know, going forward and then watching the latest episode of season four. Um, yeah. I don't want this show to, I don't want this show to end. I just don't want it to end. Um I'm also getting to F1 at the moment. Um, my mates got me into Formula One, and goddamn, do I like Formula One now! Um, especially F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix. I'm currently on season two. At the end of season two, I believe there's four seasons um, covering the four last four years in Formula One. It's a great show. Yes, it dramatizes a lot of things and kind of has to make a story, but you know that's the that's the you know. F- I think that's the good thing about the show is how much it engages you with like this clever little fucking twisting of narratives and all that stuff and having villains and heroes, even though it, you know, you really root for all the race car drivers um, when you're watching the races live. Um, Yeah. I great show fucking great show. Um, And I like formula one now. I, uh, I find that very exciting. Um, What else? I can't think of anything else. September shows. um, And finally, in terms of shows, um, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon, man. It is fucking excellent. It is an excellent show. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say, like, as great as Great of Course All in terms of spinoffs. But I'm really liking season one. I'm liking where it's going, Um, especially this last episode, episode eight was definitely the best episode of the season so far the performances are fucking amazing um Olivia man, she is blowing out of the park I remember watching her first in um Me Earl and The Dying Girl and then watching her in Bates Motel wow she has come a long way she's like she's fuck I'm so happy for her she's great Thoroughbreds I want to shout out her film Thoroughbreds watch Thoroughbreds she's so good in that um both her and Untella Joy are great in that, but she especially Olivia Cook, she's great in thoroughbreds. Um uh but House the Dragon Man, it's fucking everyone is so good in it. Patty Constantine especially deserves an Emmy, I think, already for what he's doing with that show. In that show, um, Matt Smith, um, it was cool to see Son uh Sonia Mizuno, um, I believe that's how you say her name, uh, in the show. Um, Reese Farns. My God, yes. Yes, can't. You know, Reezy Farns, so fucking good as Otto Hightower. Like I love, I'm already loving like the intrigue and the power dynamics and like what, what, you know, the uh, uh, the House Hightower and House Tigerian and House Valerian. Um, I'm really, I'm already getting wrapped up in it, man. I'm already getting wrapped up in it. succession. Like it filled the void of like, Okay, well, looking forward to the next episode and um, figuring out what the character's going to do and everything, and where it's going to go. It filled the void of that game, you know, that Game of Thrones void, and now it's so funny that a Game of Thrones spinoff is now filling that void. Where I I had so, I didn't have like extremely little hope, but I there was there was some hesitation, you know, and and rightfully so, like game of thrones ended like so fucking poorly because they didn't give a fuck about it anymore and they just wanted to finish it and they didn't finish it in a way that seemed true and passionate and it's like they just didn't care but house of the dragon already is feeling like the early seasons of game of thrones it's it's just fantastic it's a great show it's so great looking as well um I I love how they're sticking just with the Game of Thrones music for the theme song. I think it's great, um, and I, I don't know how many seasons we get into this, but I'm um, I'm really liking season one. I think George R. R. Martin says he wants to do this in forty episodes, so I'm thinking you know ten episodes each season, forty se- uh forty seasons. My God, what is this SNL? Um, four seasons. <laughs> of House of Dragon. I'd be happy with it. I'd be happy with it. I would love to see the actors come back, especially uh, from the from the early episodes, uh, especially Millie Alcott. She was amazing. Um, I love Emily, uh, Emma Carey or Emily Carey. No, that's Emily Carey. Um, I'd love to see like Millie Alcott come back and Emily Carey come back for some like flashback scenes. But I know that's probably not going to be the point. Um, there are a lot of time jumps and time skips. I'm happy with it. I'm not one of those people that are confused by it or like not even confused by it, just like angered by it or think it's just kind of off-putting. I don't mind it. I, re- I really don't mind it. Um if you if you pay attention to the show, you, you just you just kind of just okay, all right. So we because this is what Fire and Blood the book apparently is about. It's about just this history of the Targaryens, Valerians, Hightowers, all these little houses like set two hundred years before Game of Thrones and it really just feels like you're reading a history book um of of uh of this world. Um yeah, I really can't say anything more great about the show. I I'm really liking House of the Dragon. I'm so glad I, I started watching it. Um I know I had my reservations, but especially after finishing Better Course saw I had a lot more faith in spin-offs and House of the Dragon is delivering on that aspect. I'm still looking forward to Cessation Season four by the way. That is still going to fill that void, but right now it's House of the Dragon. Baby. Um I also want to shout out some animes before um, we head on to a another section I've got planned for this this podcast. I want to shout out Spy Family. It's fucking great. Just watch it. It's so good. I love it. Uh, we just started part two of season one, and it already is fantastic. I'm fucking, it's so good. Uh, My Hero Academia season six is also. Um, already got such a dark start to it. Um, you know, no spoilers, but like, I'm really liking how it's beginning already. Like, I'm just like, okay, so this is everything that season five is set up. I'm ready for what this payoff is going to be, not be payoff, but like what this conflict will be, um, you know, between the paranormal liberation army front and, you know, the heroes and everything, um, and the villains, I really excited to, uh, see where it's going to go. And um and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm hearing good things and I'm probably gonna watch the first episode tonight. Chainsaw Man. I wanna watch Chainsaw Man and um looking forward to getting onto that as well. Okay. That'll do for the what I'm watching. Um we're gonna move on to final segment here before I get into some special announcements and things like that. Um I did a QA. I put out some questions I put out some feelers on Instagram on a few subreddits, um, and got people's questions of what they wanted to ask me uh, about the movies, about the show, and I've got a few here that I've picked out. Um, I didn't want to do every single one. There was one question in particular that was—I oh, just dropped my laptop. Fucking sleeve there. Uh, there was one question in particular that was just so insane that I was like, "How the fuck am I going to answer that?" How am I going to answer that? I, I don't know if it was a troll question. It was it was insane. It was a crazy question. But I don't think I'll answer that one. But I've got all these other ones here that I will answer. And we're going to start with uh, this question here from a friend of mine, Aaron. So shout out to Aaron. Uh, thank you for this question. This is, what is your favorite book to film adaptation? And what's your favorite rom-com? Uh... My favorite book to film adaptation is American Psycho. Uh I love the book from Bret Easton Ellis. Um, don't know I'll ever read it again. It's so dense and so compact with like so much descriptions and um really getting into uh Patrick Bateman's head. So if you want to like if you if you like American Psycho, the film, like I would still recommend the book, but I will tell you it is a lot more graphic. First of all, a lot more graphic. The rat scene. Ugh fucking gross um, but it really does put you more in the mind of Patrick Bateman and I think there's if I'm not mistaken I think there's more of an ambiguous ending I think as well with that one as well um, but it's done differently um, but I fucking love American Psycho the film I think watching the film first and then reading the book and then just watching the film I think I think Mary Harron. Adapted that book so well, so fucking well. Um, and it makes it even better that the movie is directed by a woman, <laughs> like, and not, you know, not making a huge statement with all that and you know, starting anything with that, but I just find that so much funny, especially how misogynistic that book is. Um, you know, satirical misogynistic, but because of the character of Patrick Bateman, but when people, because people, they always say all the time, Oh, American psycho. Like there are some people out there, um, out there that say American psycho is like extremely misogynistic and everything. And only a man would direct something like this. And then they go to find out that it's written and directed by a woman, Mary Harron. I just find that funny. I just, it's amusing to me. That's just amusing to me. Um, and she's fucking great. She was a she helmed that movie so well. Christian Bale's performance is fantastic. Um, you get all the great scenes from the book, but it's the filmmaking as well. I mean, do I have to even talk about the business card scene? Do I have to talk about it? I don't need to talk about it because it's fuck, you know it. You fucking know it. <laughs> so yeah, man. American Psycho probably is my favorite uh, book to film adaptation. Um, if we're talking book to film adaptations that, um, another one that I actually really like recently was Call Me By Your Name. Um, I actually recently read the book from Andre Ackerman. And I think the film is better. I just I think I really like uh, Guardingo's filmmaking style. Um, I like the ending as well more than the book's ending. Uh, yeah, so called by your name as well. Uh, For talking short stories, I think Brokeback Mountain is a really great film adaptation from Ang Lee. It, that director man is such an interesting filmography um, in terms of like what he has done. Like that man has made Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and then he made Brokeback Mountain. And then he's the same guy that helms Hulk from, I mean, 2003, I believe that film's from, but Hulk, man. And then he's made, he makes like a superhero film, like a great martial arts film, like one of the most legendary martial arts films. And then makes a heartbreaking as fuck movie with Brokeback Mountain. Um, Yeah. Wow. And just again, like what a great adaptation from a short story. Like, fuck me. Just so fucking good. Um, you know, if we're talking books that I haven't read, but I love the films, I mean, obviously there's Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, my favorite, favorite, favorite is The Shining and that's the book I haven't read, but I love The Shining. Um, like I I talked about Dune, uh, just then I want to read Dune. I fucking love the, obviously, um, part one from last year. Um, and I will read it before part two, and then maybe that will be my favorite. Who knows? But I'm probably not. American Psycho is really, really up there. Um, Blade Runner, based on um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. And yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. But I will, my concrete answer to that will be American Psycho uh, from Brett Easton Ellis film and script written by Mary Harron. And my favorite rom-com, Mary Okay, my favorite rom-com... It's probably it's either about time or what if um, I recently did about time for a movie night and again just cemented why I love that film even more. Um, but that film was like more than a rom com. That is, that film is so much more than a rom com. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what if I'm gonna say what if I really like the chemistry between um, Zoe Kazan and uh, Daniel Radcliffe. I think. They've got great chemistry. It's such a sweet movie. So wholesome. And yeah, I'm going to go. And fucking Adam Driver's Nacho Sandman. It's it's, it's, it's iconic. It's iconic. Uh, So I'm going to say What If. um, It's called the F word in America, I believe. But in Australia, it's called What If. Um, Yeah, so thanks Aaron, for those questions. Great questions. Uh moving on to another one of my friends, uh Brittany. Her question is, uh, can a movie somehow incorporate all genres or a movie that has what is a movie that has a um I believe she's trying to say a what a movie that has a majority of genres. Okay. Yes. I don't think I don't think you can be go like I don't think you can incorporate all genres. I think that'd be quite an undertaking. Um but a, a recent movie that did that for me that had so many genres of movie in it and so many layers in it uh, was parasite was uh Bong Joon-ho's parasite um from 2019 that movie the unraveling of that movie and how many genres that it's had um in terms of its film its, its structure of acts and how uh like how it just kind of changes throughout I think that one is one I I can think of recently that incorporates a lot of genres in it. I mean, you're talking comedy, you're talking thriller, horror at certain points, drama. Um, Yeah. I think when it it comes to genre filmmaking, yes, there are a lot of Western filmmakers that really do well with it. Um, But, um, you know, overseas, they're doing it, I think they're doing it much better. And, um, I think we need to have more films like that, but I'm not going to discount any of the Western filmmakers that, uh, try, try to do that kind of thing because we do have like that. I'm going to say like most of A24's movies have a combination of genres. Um, if we're talking about, uh, I guess combining of two genres, we kind of have a lot of dramas nowadays instead of, I was talking to, um, both my mates last night, I mean, I was actually talking to Brittany, actually, <laughs> about um, how we don't really have the comedies nowadays um, in terms of studio comedies. Um, really, we'll do get a mix of things, a mix of genres. Uh, like like I said, like dramedies or you can get like um, psychological thrillers, but also it can be funny in a way, it can be dark comedies. I mean, my favorite mix of genres is always going to be a dark comedy. Like I love a, dark, a good dark comedy. So, yes, to answer that question, it can... I don't think it can incorporate all genres of film. I think that's insane. I think every everything, everywhere, all at once, you could argue that it does kind of do that, but also not do that. I don't know how to, how to say that, but a majority of genres, yes, I think I think a film can do that, but I do think you're going to lose focus of what the movie is and a, and you're going to have a difficulty with tone, I think. When you incorporate um, a lot of genres into your film, so to give a long-winded answer to that question, yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, all right, this third question here is a set of four questions. Uh, this is from uh, Reddit user Hungry for Danish, and they ask: um, First of all, here's the first question. Which movie would you not watch again, even if someone paid you, and why? Um, bad, boring, graphic, tragic. Um, my one answer to this one, and it doesn't really, the, the payment aspect doesn't really come into it, um, because most movies I probably would watch again, just because. Um, but Requiem for a Dream. Is the one movie that I just will don't think I will ever 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 watch again. Um, on that note, another Aronofsky film, Mother. I don't need to watch that again because it, it it's it's like that is it get, that gets bad in a lot of ways, and you don't really need to watch it again because it's it's just really just a one watch film, unfortunately. But yeah, Rec Room for a Dream, uh, I think, is the one that always comes to mind. The first time I saw that. I was like, yep, cool. That was really good, but I will never ever put myself through that again because that was just horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, So to answer that one, Wrecking for a Dream. Uh, Next one says, if you could send one movie into space that'd be found by extraterrestrial life, what would you send? Why? Uh, Best representation, confuse them, scare them off. Another interesting question. Um, I would probably send... Titan. I would send Titan. Because they'd be like, what the f I mean to answer obviously to answer obviously uh and to that could be part of like uh the previous question as well as incorporating all the genres. Titan is another film that was like I don't know where the fuck that was going. I don't know where that was going. Um and I think that factors into another question we're gonna have in a second as well. Um But I'm gonna say Titan Um mm-hmm. That's a good question. What is so bizarre though? Kung Pao? (laughs) Kung Pao. Is that that what it's called? Kung Pao? Yeah. Kung Pao. Uh, Yeah. Um, I think that'd be funny to put into space. People for aliens to find. Um, Yeah. That's what I'll say for that one. Uh, Okay. Third question says, a great movie and your excitement for it doesn't always translate to listens. So which episode are you disappointed that didn't get as many downloads as expected or deserved? Great question. Um, the one episode that I am pretty proud of, even though if the audio quality is not great or anything like that, all of that aside, one of my favorite episodes I've done for this podcast was the episode I did about Midsummer and um, The Farewell um or was it parasite and the farewell i think it was parasite and the farewell um because you know we've seen you, you you've heard that like i love both of those films but the farewell especially i really wanted everyone to go out and see because it was getting underseen um in in in, in australia i guess but not really was anyone going not no one was really going to see it um i think lulu wang is a really great filmmaker um, I really liked Aquafina in that movie as well. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, and I remember, I remember sitting down on my computer and actually writing an essay on that and like actually writing full-on descriptions, um, a full-on description of how I felt about the themes and everything about the movie and all that stuff. I did the same thing as well for, I believe, uh, these episodes were in the 70s, I believe, like the 75, 79, around there. Um, Midsummer and uh, Once Upon a Time of Hollywood, Midsummer especially. I wrote two pages or three pages worth of like analysis for, um, because goddamn that that there is so much to unpack with that one. Um, so I'd probably say, I think it's called two films you should see: Parasite and The Farewell. Listen to that episode. Um, I really, I'm I really like that episode. I'm proud of that one. Um. And the Midsummer episode as well, because I believe I talk about the director's cut as well and go into analysis of that one. So yeah, go and go into that one as well. Um yeah, I'll probably say that. And then finally from Hungry for Danish, uh, you end the show and have to delete every episode except one. Which one would you leave? One you're most proud of, the one movie you want people to go watch, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I would definitely leave just the cat's pocket version. That is that is what I would... Is it so amusing to me that someone would go onto Spotify or anywhere and like go to search me up and then that is the one thing that is there is, is the cat's review pocket version um, because it's so bizarre. I loved... It was such a silly fucking joke to me, but I loved how just how much fun I had with that um, and editing that. And... <laughs> Oh man, it's just a bundle of fun. It was just a bundle of fun. I think that weirdly enough as well. I checked my stats, um, my Spotify stats last year, and that was the one episode that had the most downloads too. I mean, it's pretty short. It's only like twenty minutes long or maybe fifteen minutes long, but um, has the most downloads, has the most listens, um, yeah. And I had fun with that one. It's just it's such a silly joke. But I had fun with that one. It's one of my favorite things I've done for the podcast was that fucking stupid-ass pocket version of Cats, (laughs) of the review of Cats. So um, if you haven't listened to that, um, yeah, maybe go and listen to the pocket version of Cats. That was a fun one I did. Okay, Um, this next episode, oh, this next question comes from uh, Adina Terrific on Reddit as well. And it says, congrats on 100 episodes. Thank you very much. Uh, What movie surprised you the most, either being better or worse than you expected or just wildly different than you expected? Okay. So that's, there's two questions here. That's the first question. Um, To answer that first one, I talked about Parasite um, again, of how many layers and how much it unravels and how fucking crazy it gets. So I talked about Parasite. That's definitely one for that one. Um, I think I talked about Titan. I think that also fills that, um, that category as well. Um, being better than I expected. Top Gun Maverick, man. Like that was so much fun. I had little to no expectation of how, um, of that being good, of that being good, especially like, what is it? 20, 40 years later. Well, how how long has it been since the, since that first Top Gun? Um, like I had no, I like, I just had no idea how much fun I would have with that movie and how much I really, really loved Top Gun Maverick. Um, that, that would probably be the answer for that one. Um, another one I can think of that's not recent was Barton Fink, uh, from the Coen brothers. Uh, I didn't think that would be like one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. I would be like, oh yeah, it's obviously The Big Lebowski or um, uh, No Country for Old Men, something like that. But Barton Fink actually is my favorite Coen Brothers movie because um, just how crazy that gets. Um, I love the dialogue as well. Um, All the performances are amazing, fantastic. Love the score, the cinematography, everything about it. uh, Just blew me away. Barton Fink, yeah really not a not a movie that I th- I feel when people talk about crime Rubbers that that is brought up a lot is Barton Fink and uh yeah I I really really liked it um I also want to shout out a little film from uh, last year The Kid Detective uh with uh Adam Brody that was really good I really liked that I thought that was great um being worse than I expected is Easily the Predator, 20 uh eighteen. Twenty nine no twenty nineteen, that was twenty nineteen, I think. Uh that was fucking god awful and I had so much expectations for that one because uh, I love Shane Black and I love his movies, and holy crap did I fucking hate that movie. Um especially like seeing prey uh recently yeah I have fucking wow that movie was so bad, um uh, wildly different again, like I said Titan and pig I thought again recently again, pig um I had no idea that what those teams were gonna be with that movie and and what we're gonna get with that movie, and I ended up really, really enjoying what I got because it was so different um Titan as well was like I thought it was gonna be like this, you know. I mean, judging from what you saw in Raw from the DeCurno, like, you, you think it's going to be, like, you know, this genre-bending kind of, you know, mix-up of, like, you know, crazy violence and, you know, horror, thriller, all that stuff. But then it becomes something about, you know, becoming a film about gender identity and um, just how weird that gets in the, in the second and third act and just how... Ha- no, I had no idea where that was going. Have really had no idea where that was going. And, um, uh, another film I'm hearing about from this year for that to answer that question, I think would be, um, Barbarian. But I think what's getting on my nerves at the moment is, is I just keep reading more about it, not voluntarily, but reading more about it. And l- like my hype is going up. I'm like, oh, fuck, like what if it's not as good? Or, you know, I'm hopefully it is going to be good. I'm definitely going to have be a lot more optimistic about it, but I'm also going to think like, oh, like I really hope this does anything. I mean, I only know the slug line of it. Um, the slug line, sorry, the log line of the slug line, log line, but same thing, um, uh, of the film. That's all I know. I don't know anything else about it and I'm going to watch that next week. So looking forward to watching that. Okay. And answer the, next, the second question is, uh, what is the most memorable single image or scene for a movie that you've uh, that you've seen. Um, when I think of single images or scenes, I think of endings. I think of like final shots. I think of opening shots. Um, a single scene or a single image from a movie that I've seen. Uh, one of my favorite ever single images is the smile that Danny gives at the end of Midsomer. Um What a fucking great shot! Just what a great. Shot that is in Florence Pugh just like it's everything everything is working together in that um scene and then that whole moment to bring that to such a iconic image. Um yeah, I really want to get that like on a frame or in a picture or something like that. Um uh everything from Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> like is so memorable. Um the you know the extreme white of like um uh K and Joy, like the giant joy and then K. Oh my like, man, like every fucking shot from that movie. Um yeah, but I'm gonna say like the single image that always sticks with me is uh yeah, that that, that final shot in Midsummer with uh the, the, the smile that Danny gives. Um how and it's just Florence Pugh's performance of how she goes from either distraught or worried or um horrified to to this like complete cathartic satisfaction. Of like you don't know if she, like she is she evil now or is she finally happy with what has happened to Christian or what like is there I mean there's gotta be catharsis, right, in that image, but um yeah. I'm gonna stick with I could say so many for this one, but I'm gonna stick with that that final image from Midsummer. Um look, I'm sorry if it's sounding all the same and everything It's like, Oh, he just keeps talking about Midsummer. It's cause it's fucking good. <laughs> That's and I love it. That's why I'm talking about it a lot. Um, but yeah, I appreciate that one for that question. Thank you for that question, by the way. Thank you. Um, and yeah, that I think... And that's all the questions that we've got for um, this podcast. Like I said, that'll be an ongoing thing. I'm going to be put more feelers out for every episode. And there's, there'll be... If I do get some questions in, there'll be a and a segment at the end of every episode. Because it's, it's fun to answer questions. It's fun to get different perspectives. And um, some of these questions are really, really great questions that I got. So... Thank you so much for sending those in. Um, Just before we go, I've got a little announcement to make. Um, Just before we wrap up here. Got a little announcement to make. Um, Last year, I did did another little fun, stupid thing where I watched the entirety of the after films. Now, at the time, it was the after and then after we collided. But now we've got after we fell and then after ever happy. So, I think I need to watch the next two. There's going to be another watch along for the after films. Um, Now I did say that there was going to be a drunken podcast and look, listening to it, I was like, I can't fucking put this out here. This is so incoherent. This is just a fucking drabbling, dribbling mess. Words, you know, associated words associated. Um, It's a mess. I can't even put this out. There as a joke, but look, As a celebration for 100 episodes, I'm going to put out the drunk after podcast I did Um, along with this as a little bonus little uh, thing attached to this episode. I'm going to put out the after podcast episode. It will be edited to take out all the pauses and everything and all that stuff like that. I will leave some room and like, you know, some uh, some breaths in there. But there is a lot of just there's a lot of moments where I'm just I've just completely forgot what I was doing because I was so drunk. And uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm happy to put that out there as like a fun little celebration thing. And on top of that as well, there's going to be another kind of live reaction thing that I'm going to do on the KC Movies podcast Instagram for after we, uh, After We Fell and After Ever Happy as well. So going to be doing that soon. Oh boy, that's going to be fun. I had a, such a great time before. <laughs> um, so we're going to be doing that soon. Um, also, um, I want to update you guys on the YouTube channel and the Twitch. So Twitch, look, I'm getting a lot of emails. Twitch is saying like, come back, come back, come back. I'm like, please Twitch, let me process trauma. <laughs> um, yeah, so I will be coming back to Twitch soon. Um I'm just trying to work out a day because I just started this new job, this new night night uh, fell job that is really just like making me having to adjust my sleeping schedule and, and everything I do throughout the day. So trying to figure everything out has been a little difficult there, but I'm, you know, I'm getting through that at the moment. But I do want to get back to Twitch because we started Twitch last year, last Halloween. So it'd be cool to come back to Twitch right before Halloween drops. Um, I was thinking about replaying Dead Space, t- um, re- replaying, I was thinking about playing Dead Space Two this year because I played Dead Space One, but you know most of October has gone, and I just don't really know when these when I'll be able to get on Twitch at the moment. Um, so, I was thinking about playing the Metro games and starting with Metro twenty thirty three. I've had like I watched a really great video from um, uh, I think it's racevic who did uh, the. Um, the lore and the history and everything on um, the Metro games. And it really got me heights for them. I bought all, I bought, uh, I think the first three, was it 23.3 uh, and then Last Light. And then I'm going to play, I don't think I'll play uh, um, the new one on uh, PC because I have that on PS5. So I'll probably play it on PS5, but definitely we'll see if I can do the three three and Last Light on the stream. And then, I will do a special, I'm thinking about doing a, and then I'm thinking about doing a special Hello stream on Halloween. Um, I'm going to pick out a game for that one, but it'll be something different. It won't be like Metro, but it will be something different, I think. And um, something fun, something fun for Halloween. Um, We did Inscription last year. That was a lot of fun. Um, Weird, weird game. Uh, So I want to do something fun, I think, uh, for the Hello stream this year. And yeah, I really want to get back into Twitch. Um, I know I was halfway through Tunic. Not even halfway. I think it was like two levels of the Tunic. Um, We won't be finishing Tunic. I'll be finishing that off stream. Sorry about that. But I'll be finishing that off stream. Um, That is a good game, by the way. Check that out if you haven't checked out Tunic. It's on Game Pass. And it just came and landed on PlayStation. So uh, check it out. Cute game. Hard game. Hard game. Tell you that. Hard game. But cute. Um... So yeah, going back to the Twitch, in terms of the YouTube video videos as well, um, I didn't really watch anything from like May, June, July, I didn't really watch much, much at all, I don't think it really needed a video for it, because I really didn't watch much at all, but I did watch some stuff in August and September, so I will be doing a everything I watched slash like what I've been watching lately, f- about August and September, so that'll be coming out soon. Um... I've just got to record the September segment. I've recorded the August one. I'll just record the September segment. And um, yeah, so that'll be coming out hopefully soon. And finally, before I go as well, the last announcement is the next episode, 101. When's that coming out? Is that going to be sooner? Later. Good news, sooner. Um, that will be about Blonde and uh, everything that's coming out for the rest of the year as well. Dates, like I said, are different to America. Um, we have much different dates and where a film's going to be released. So things might be a little inaccurate in, depending on where you live in the world. But um, yeah, I'm going to be doing Blonde. Um, hopefully going to be watching that tomorrow night and then talking, giving my thoughts on that in two weeks time. Episode 101 will come out in two weeks time. So look forward to that. And um, mate, friends, I think that's it. I think that's all we've got time for. I think that's all my voice can muster. Um, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. If you've been listening since the beginning, since the SoundCloud days, you are listening now. Thank you so much for listening for the last, what, hour and a half? Thank you. Thank you so much. It means so much to me that we've been doing this for a hundred episodes now. Um, really looking forward to what we do in the future. Like I said, I've got a lot more drive and passion now. Um, I love, I am, I'm a lot more happier than I was before um, when I was um, still working out what to do for this. A lot more happier. So um, that means I'm going to be a lot more creative, hopefully as well. So that'll do it. What an episode, 100 episodes. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think that deserves that. I was dying to do it. <laughs> if I'm honest, it was dying to do it. Look, I'd have a cold when I'm cracking open, but I'm I am not. I've got to work later on. So, um, yeah. Thanks again. For the thousandth time, thanks again. Um, have a great week. 100 episodes. We've done it. Here's to 100 more. Take it easy. I love you all so much. And uh, I'll talk to you next time.